Hi, I'm Tyler. I'm JT. I'm Pete. I'm Craig. And we're breaking down another horror movie on Scared Smithless. Enough time for one more story. Welcome back, everybody. Good to be back. Finally. Oh, what a wait. After a little bit of a hiatus. Um, this COVID is no joke. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, we apologize for the last few weeks, um, but we are back and better than ever. Yeah. Well, we're back. Immune. Right. I mean, it was sort of a joke with me. It didn't do, do much to me. I've never been stronger, Tyler. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about this one. Yeah, it, it's been a while since I actually watched this movie, like, all the way through. Yeah, this one never fails to uh, entertain. Yeah. And and we got a uh, big-name actor in this one. Several. Yeah. Well, mostly Bruce Willis. Well, sure. Right. Um, the Sixth Sense, the OG in the M. Night Shyamalan catalog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one. This one is first. This is definitely his first movie, as far as like the genre genre goes. As far as like suspense, he did like a couple other stuff. I don't even remember what they were. But does anyone feel like he's kind of not taken as seriously now in Hollywood? Oh, I know he's not. Almost not. Not he's kind of become now. more kitschy. I'll tell you what, though, he was running Hollywood. Yeah, when he first kind of came onto the scene. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Was... Flash in the pan because he had several movies that came out that mm -hmm. were just knowing it was an M Night Shyamalan flick. Mm -hmm. People were like, "Oh, I'm definitely." Yeah, right. he was. He was almost like an Alfred Hitchcock. Okay, yeah. Like got, everyone I, knew who he was. Right. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to be ridiculous, but it was kind of like that. Mm -hmm. the, and this is the one that started him off. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was uh, what they called a sleeper hit. Like they didn't think yeah. it was going to be this successful. Oh my god! Came out what in January? No. Nah, oh no! It came out in August. In August. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was actually right on his birthday. Oh, really? Yeah, he turned, I don't know, 29, 30, I don't remember. But. I was 12 years old when this movie came out, when I first saw this movie, and I know that because I went and saw it in theaters. This movie scared the water out of me <laughs> when I was a kid. There's a couple parts that made me jump the first time I saw it. This, I mean, just the premise of it and the way it's made, mm -hmm. we'll get more into that, but man, this is a good movie. Oh, yeah. It's. It, I, I had a conversation with someone here a while back about this being a horror movie. Like this, this is a horror movie, right? I would classify yeah. it. I don't. I'd say it's more suspensey than horror. Yeah, I mean it's, it's thriller. So, yeah, it's definitely suspense thriller. Yeah, I mean I, I well, guess this it's is like almost Smithless, yeah. not suspensed Smithless. Yeah. Yes, that wouldn't make I guess any sense. Yeah, I was gonna say. I guess it's like right there at, at with the horror genre but you can be scared it's, by it's more, suspenseful movies yeah, it's more what would they call i saw it's like psychological right. horror kind like yes. yeah kind yes. like misery yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, that's, yeah. that's scary mm -hmm. yeah. it's not a horror movie. we're gonna do yeah. our best and i i, I kind of want to take a different direction with this episode normally we have no qualms spoiling the movie throughout the episode but, but I, I but want for to... the four people that haven't seen this movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the point zero zero. And there's a reason that I want to try to hold off on this just for the, yeah, like you said, one or two people that maybe not only haven't seen this movie, but have no idea what it's about. Yeah, or I, this don't is, know the twist. And, and M. Night Shyamalan in particular, I think his movies are made to be seen 
completely unprepared, you know, right? This was almost like like Psycho as far as like from beginning to end, sort because you already know what's going to happen. I remember somebody say, I envy anyone who's never seen or heard of the movie Psycho. This is kind of like, yeah. this movie's sort of like that. Yeah, and, and it, again, without going into it yet, it was impossible to not know the premise of this movie going in because it, every trailer talked about kind of right. what it was about. But if, if there was a way for someone to see this movie without any preconceived notions or without any knowledge whatsoever what it was about, just literally saying, hey, this what's this movie, Sixth Sense? I'm going to check it out and I'm going to watch it. You're not reading any synopsis. You're not watching any trailers. I, I just think this movie would be balls to the wall for somebody like that. Yeah. I wish I could have gone into this movie. Actually, 12-year-old me does not wish he could have gone into this movie like that. I knew <laughs> what was going on in this movie, and yeah. it still scared me to death. Here's That's one thing cool. that I found really cool. It's a uh, Spyglass production, Spyglass mm-hmm. Entertainment. I haven't seen them. In... So so why is that you find that really cool? Because He likes the logo. It's just been a long time since I've even seen them producing anything. What was the last one you saw them produce before this one? Tarzan. Nope. No. Is that Disney? Um, No, uh, no, no, no. The Mask. Nope. But Mm. Bjorna Vista Pictures. Yeah, it's owned by Disney. Also brought to you by The Mouse. Oh. Yep. Huh. Boy, Mickey Mouse went dark here. (laughs) (laughs) Big time cast in this movie. Uh, We already mentioned Bruce Willis. Was this Tony Collette's first movie? It was definitely one yeah. of them. Yeah, I mean, this was the first thing I yeah. ever remember. Seeing I think her she was in. what mid twenties in this, and she wasn't very old. Mm-hmm. Was that the mother? I, I don't know. I, I don't think she had been very much. So this was uh, possibly her first movie. It was Haley Joel Osment's first. No, it was not Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, the only other thing I seen him in was um, uh, Forrest Gump's son. <laughs> right, right. I hope I didn't spoil that. <laughs> um, Olivia Williams, she's been in some stuff before. Yeah, I looked her up. I can't. She was in The Postman with Kevin Costner. Yep. Okay. I was thinking of The Page yeah. Master. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Not the, not, not the same. We also get a Donnie Wahlberg cameo. Mm-hmm. Yes. Marky Mark's brother. Yeah. Duddits. He's one of the blue bloods. Yeah, Duddits from yeah. our previous episode. He, what's yeah. his Dream early career? Yeah. His early career was just riddled with a bunch of weird ro- roles. Yeah, and a yeah. 90s white hip-hop group. Actually, uh... Wait, wasn't that Marky Mark? Or no, Donnie was in, uh... New Kids on the Block. Oh, I didn't want to know that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not right. Fact check me on that. New Kids on the Block. When I looked this up, my mind went or connected these two movies. Dreamcatcher, a previous show of ours that we covered. His name is Vincent Gray in this. Hmm. Yes, you guys following? Oh, Mr. 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 Gray. Yeah, Yeah. oh. I thought it was fun. I didn't even think about that. Interesting. This movie was nominated for several Oscars, including Best Picture. Mm Mm-hmm. What uh, eight year old Haley Joel Osment? How old was he in this movie? Oh yeah, no, he was he was he was at least eleven. He plays yeah, like he plays year like an eight year old. He was nominated. He's phenomenal in this. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. for a, yeah, a child actor to, mm-hmm. to this is a tough role for. Oh yeah, yeah this, this was, would be a tough role for any actor. Right, mm-hmm. this was he did really good. In this. Got, I still think Michael he, Clark Duncan should have won. Yeah, yeah. Tony Collette for for Green Mile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, Haley Joel Osment ended up getting the part. It was mostly because M. Night Shyamalan knew, figured out that he actually read the entire script. Hmm. He read it? Yeah, he, he read the entire thing. That's not surprising. No. Tony Collette uh, was nominated. Best mm-hmm. Actress. Supporting. Supporting Actress, mm-hmm. right? Best mm-hmm. Director, Best Screenplay, Best Film Editing. Mm-hmm. So, Did it win anything? 
Nope. Nope. No, it was nominated for five and one none, but that, I mean, for six. It was nominated six. for six. Yeah. Six and two, two for Shaw. Uh, right. Which might be an argument against it being a horror movie because horror movies notoriously don't do don't, well. Right. No, get. not yeah, not very not very often. Other um, than I believe it was Silence of the Lambs. But I'm calling it a horror movie because we're yeah. covering it on this channel. Mm -hmm. Man, Haley Joel Osment was nominated for like almost all the big ones. Yeah, and didn't win on any of them, but no. He's doing good today though, right? Always sunny in sure. Philadelphia. He was on that? I've never watched that show. Oh, that show's awesome. <laughs> he I also don't... plays in a Kevin Smith horror movie called Tusk. Yeah, I saw that. That, that, was, that was weird. Yeah. I saw I saw that a clip weird. of that, and I'm like, I'm done. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, that was that was out there. I didn't know Kevin Smith had anything. That's not surprising though. Stay tuned. I, I'd say that's a stay tuned. Who does Maybe he play in, Maybe, in yeah. Always Sunny? Uh, he, he, he has guess... like a recurring role on, doesn't he? Am I thinking of someone else? No, I, I don't know. I've never, I don't I've never watched him. that show. I'm not saying he's not been on there. I just don't recall him being on there. Yeah, let's. Yeah, let's. Yeah, see. someone check and find out. Get these emails. Well, it like it's just like an episode or Someone's something. Someone's going to freak out on us send us an email and say, well, actually. Yeah, I'm not. It ain't working like it. I must be think, thinking of someone else. You know who Char Charlie Day. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he was in the Country Bears, though. What is that? Oh, No idea. Oh. So glad I have that knowledge. Yeah, that was, yeah that was another Disney thing. Oh, yeah. It was, was like it? those animatronic and they sing or something creepy. Like the ones at remember. Disney World on, yeah. on Splash Mountain? No. That's that's Br'er Rabbit. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's racist now, John Hill. Is it? Yep. Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear were founding members of the KKK, I think. Yep. I think mm -hmm. so. What? I went on that ride. Don't you remember we got <laughs> stuck on that? I think that was just because I was fat, yeah. not because you are black. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say. So let's jump into this thing. Let's give the people what they came here for. What people were paying us for. So we open up uh, credits. Yeah, we nice. need full credits at the beginning. Yeah, which that's you don't see very often right. Anymore. And I bring that up because yeah, we, you don't see that as much Not, anymore. I love the ear, the little eerie music. Absolutely, yeah. James Newton Howard mm -hmm. composed the score for this movie. Also, the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, he yeah, he did that also with Hans Zimmer for, mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the score really works in this movie. Mm -hmm. I think so too. And I and I say that I know that sounds silly, but a, a lot of movies it doesn't it doesn't always work. No, I don't want to I don't want to mention any I in particular. <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth Part Three through yeah. Eight. I was gonna say uh, I I watched like a clip. It was like the ending of the original Star Wars movie when they get their medal, and I listen and I watched that whole scene without music. I'm like, right, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, that didn't work at all. Right, right. Right. The mm -hmm. movie takes place in I don't know that they say it, but it's it's Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. That's um, actually where uh, M Night Shyamalan grew up, somewhere in the South area. Mm -hmm. What's up, Philly? We open on uh, uh, Anna Crow, the wife of Doctor Malcolm Crow. She is played by Olivia Williams. She walks down to the, the the cellar of their home to get a bottle of wine. She breathes. You can see her breath. She's cold. She hurries back up the stairs. Yeah, I never really understood that. Oh, let me, let me, let me get this one for you. Okay, yeah. yeah All right. Please pull this in for me. So when there are spirits normally near, yes. Um, the temperature of the room changes. Okay. Typically cold. What spirits were around her? Uh, I'm guessing. Well, in that sense. I thought you were actually going to give some kind of scientific explanation. That's why we all know the, the right. idea that it gets yeah. colder. Okay. Supposedly. Well, now I'm confused too. Yeah. Why does that happen? Yeah. 
What's huh. the science behind that? Because then there is no... The more angry they are, the colder it gets. All right, so, but since there wasn't a ghost or anything like that, I didn't How even you think know? about that. Well, 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 I'm going off what you said now. You're right. She Did she never... walk back upstairs with ectoplasm all over her? Yeah. Like Bill Murray on Ghostbusters? I dated a girl one time that it definitely felt colder anytime she was around. She wasn't <laughs> dead, though, that I know of. I was she married was to a woman that felt that way. Yeah. Anyway, so Dr. Malcolm, Dr. Crow, is um, played by Bruce Willis. He has just won, and they're just getting home from some banquet banquet that was in his honor. He's getting a, an award from the mayor. That's um, awesome. The keys to the city. Yeah. I think it's just key. Oh. Yeah, that's a, yeah it's... Yeah, one key to open up all those doors. I actually read this. It's the award for Mayor's Citation for Achievement and Excellence in Child Psychology from the city of Philadelphia. So it does say that on the award in the, the city hmm. of Philadelphia. So he's a child, a, a, a renowned child psychologist that's being recognized for his work. This is kind of funny. He's been drinking, and she says, you sound like Dr. Seuss when you're drunk. Yeah, you, know what's fun, you know what's funny about that? Given his, like, his life to like helping children out. Which is exactly what, like, Dr. Seuss did, you know, like, mm. all mm. his books and everything. I, I know he didn't write all of them, but... That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Interesting correlation. Mm -hmm. That is. But he does, uh, yeah, he sounds like Dr. Seuss. He says, I would like some more wine. I would not like it in a mug. I would not like it in a jug. I would not like it with a pug or spilled on a rug. Now we're just rapping. Now we're just having fun with it, Craig. Having fun? Yeah. She says, she tells him when she's reading the plaque to him how important his work is and how proud she is of him that he's put his work above everything in his life. He's made it a priority. Everything, including her. Yeah, that statement's telling. To making sure that he's helping kids. Now, was this like the type of like, oh, yeah, you did. Oh, you were able to get this accomplished because uh, we didn't have an anniversary, because you were working yeah. at the hospital and uh, missed my mother's birthday, because you were helping. Was it kind I'm of glad I took a back seat <laughs> yeah. to your work. I'm, I don't think I, so, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I kind of, yeah. she said that, and I, it kind of, it was noticeable that it was yeah. like, oh, wow, yikes. Yeah. Or maybe she's at least saying she knows how important his work is. Right, I think that's what she, she And she's not important. trying to be selfish or anything. Your work is more important than me, apparently. So they go upstairs um, to throw one down. Yes. Yes, they do. Right. So she walks around to her side of the bed, and she immediately stops. There's broken glass on the floor, and the window, their bedroom window, is broken. Never a good sign. No. And the phone off the hook. The phone You're is on off the, the hook. You're on the, what do you call that, the deet, 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 that whole yeah, thing. Yeah. That's always creepy. Yeah, landline. Yeah, landline, yeah. Bruce Willis and walks he, around there to look at it. The bathroom, the bedroom bathroom light is on. The door is open, and as they're looking, you see a shadow fall across them. Something walks across the doorway of the bathroom. That's her first <laughs> first jump scare. Right, movie. I know who it is. <laughs> so the Kool Aid Man, Bruce Willis, oh, no. slowly <laughs> walks to the bathroom. Um, when he looks inside the bathroom, there is a man in his underwear. Yes, in tidy whities briefs. Yes, standing in the bathroom. He's not well. No. He's kind of hunched over. He's shaking. Bruce Willis says, I, I, we do not have any prescription drugs. Whatever you're him, looking for, you're not going to find I it. I wish you would have kept talking. I think he almost tells him, like, yeah, you're not in the right house or something. Yeah, yeah. He gives him the address and says, do you know where you are? That will sober you up real quick. So this is... <clears throat> the nipple ring bandit. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a nipple ring. I did not notice that before this viewing. I did. So the ring or stud? 
Or could you tell? It was a it was a ring. Or, or just some sort or of growth. Bolt. Oh, cool. It was a ring. This is uh, played by Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he actually lost like it was like forty or fifty pounds. Yeah, he was to do this one rail pin. Yeah. <clears throat> very very skinny. Yeah. Um, what's that diet? It's like? very clear that he is not well. Like we said, he's he he looks very scared. He looks very jumpy. Um, he's on edge. He's crying. He starts he, yelling at Bruce yeah. Willis. He, he does a really good job in this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really? I mean, I mean, it was only for like just a few minutes, but it's yeah. like he, he made that part seem very believable. Yeah, it was intense. It is memorable. No, intense. It definitely is yeah. intense. He starts talking to Bruce Willis. Basically, he starts yelling at Bruce Willis. And uh, Bruce Willis's wife asks, you know, what do you want? And he says, yells, I want what you promised me. I want what he promised me. And so then he starts giving a little bit of enough information that Bruce Willis, he says, don't you, don't you remember me? Bruce Willis has to think about it and he finally realizes, oh, I do know who this is. I don't know that it says everything, but it, Bruce Willis basically infers that this is a, a former patient of mm -hmm. his, which he's a child psychologist and this is an adult man. So pick so up on this is not 10, someone 15 he's years been working right. with, right? Again, not well. He says, I, do you know why you're afraid when you're alone? I do. Mm. Oh, he does say that, doesn't he? Uh, so, that, was, that was pretty powerful. I do. I do. Mm -hmm. I do. Like, okay, tell me. <laughs> Give me the reason, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, you freak. <laughs> Bruce Willis calls him a freak. Yeah. <laughs> Those no, kids but, were right. No, but a kid's teacher well, does well, later. I wonder if John, yeah. I wonder if John McClane would have called him that. <laughs> no, John McClane would have climbed through the air ducts and... Take drop out, down from the other side. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. What does he say? I don't want to be afraid anymore. I don't want to be afraid anymore. And he's just crying and sobbing at this point. Yeah. And so Bruce everybody Willis calls, is, he says like people call me a everybody freak. Everybody calls every, me a freak. Yeah. I am a freak. Mm -hmm. And so Bruce Willis <laughs> is trying to de-escalate the situation. He's trying to help this individual. And then Don, his his name is Vincent Gray. <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg walks. Uh, Vincent Gray walks behind him. Uh, into the bathroom, he comes back with a gun, he shoots Bruce Willis, and then he shoots himself. So Anna runs over to her husband, um, who's laying on the bed, being shot, and then we see there's a, a hole in his shirt. Gut shot, that's yeah. not good. Mm -mm. That would be so painful. I always yeah. wondered, yeah, in the, in the, back in the Civil War, um, when they would find guys on the battlefield that had been killed, most of the time their jacket, their uniform jacket was ripped open. And mm -hmm. they always said that wasn't from the force of the gunshot, but whenever someone was shot, a lot of times you didn't know where you were shot, they would immediately rip open their jacket to see if it was a gut shot because they knew if it was a gut shot, they were dead. Yeah, you there, work. fingering that stomach wound. <laughs> okay, so we immediately jump from that night to the, it says a year later. Yeah. Um, and we see Dr. Malcolm sitting on a park bench. He's looking through his notes. A little boy, Haley Joel Osment, leaves. Does he leave his apartment? Does he leave his house? That's what it looked like. Dr. Malcolm's watching from a ways away across the street. And he looks at his notes and um, he sees the boy's name. It's Cole Sear. And he is, he's nine years old. Cole is hurriedly, all, almost running. I think he is running at one point down Oops. the sidewalk. And my, Dr. Malcolm kind of follows him from the other side of the street. That's obviously his next patient that he's trying to meet with. Cole goes into a church. Dr. Malcolm walks up to Cole. He's sitting in. It's, it's one of those giant Catholic mm -hmm. cathedrals. Yep. Um, Cole is sitting in the... Philadelphia, probably some of the oldest churches in, sure. in the country. Right. So he's sitting in a pew. He's playing with these little action so, figures. Yeah, like little, little toy soldiers. Yeah. Yep. 
um, Dr. Malcolm approaches and says he missed, they were supposed to meet and he, uh, he missed their appointment. Now is it here where he's talking for the soldiers, but he's t so using French for some of them? Yeah, Latin. 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 He says, uh, Dr. Malcolm tells Cole, people used to hide out in churches. Seek sanctuary. Right, yeah. seeking sanctuary. As it worked, if someone was being chased or was being arrested, they could go into the church and they could not be captured or taken from inside the church. That was the way it went. Okay. I don't think we do that anymore. No. No. I'm going to hide out in the church. No. It's... <laughs> yeah, have you, yeah, have you seen face off? It doesn't work. Yeah. Cole is speaking in a different language um, with, his, with his little toys. Um, and he tells Dr. Malcolm he's speaking in Latin. Cole finally asks Dr. Malcolm, he says, are you a good doctor? And Dr. Malcolm says, I used to be. Uh, Cole says, I'm going to see you again, right? And Dr. Malcolm says, oh, well, that's, I think he says, if, if that's okay to. with you. Yeah. Yeah, if that's if okay like with to. you. Um, so Cole leaves, and on his way out, he steals one of the figurines off of the, off of a table, like yeah. a St. Mary yeah. <laughs> little statue. I think it was like a 12-inch statue. I don't know how anyone didn't notice that. Yeah. So Dr. Malcolm uh, goes home. His wife is sleeping. He gets he goes to the basement, which is kind of where his office is at. He does some of his work from his from the basement. He looks up in a Latin dictionary of what Cole was saying um, with his little toy soldiers in Latin, and it translates to "Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord." Yeah, yeah. Psalm one hundred and thirty. Yep. Right, which is yeah. He had to actually look it up in a book. This was before Google Translate. Yeah. Right. So this is just an eight-year-old boy that's right reciting Bible passages in. Latin, so that would obviously raise a flag. Yeah. Um, we then meet Cole's mom, Tony Collette. Her name is Lynn. She was good in this movie. Mm -hmm. She did a great mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. She's. It's the the next morning. She's trying to help Cole get ready for school. He's sitting in the uh, at the table in the kitchen, eating his breakfast, eating a bowl of cereal. She leaves, and the camera follows her as she leaves um, to go throw his his tie. He got a stain on his tie. He mm -hmm. goes from, she takes his tie to go scrub it. So she's gone, and the camera follows her down the hallway to where the washing machine is. She scrubs on it for about five seconds. She's gone for maybe ten seconds. The camera, yeah. we follow her to the other room, and then she comes all the way back. So that the whole time's like 10, 12 seconds. Right. And when she comes back into the kitchen, she immediately jumps, and, and we do as well. Every single cabinet in the kitchen is open. Yeah. Cole's still sitting at the table, his hands flat against the table, but every kitchen cabinet is open, so... The cinematography in this was really good, too, I thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she uh, asks Cole what he's doing and what he was looking for, and he says, Pop-Tarts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, looking for the Pop-Tarts, right. yeah. Are you serious, Mom? <laughs> Tyler, you're a parent. If you're uh, one of your children, but you left the room, the same scenario as this, are you just going to assume that she was looking for something, or are you going to look deeper into it? No, um, especially considering the fact that Cole... I don't think he was big enough to open all those cabinets. No. Yeah, especially that fast. Yeah. Unless he's right. actually, unless he has yeah. Spider Man like yeah, powers. Definitely or not that fast. And some of them I don't even know if he could reach them. No. Right. Right. So she realizes something is wrong with him and she's trying to She's a good mom. I mean, throughout this this she's whole trying. movie. Yeah. She's a single mother. She's trying to figure out how to help her son, but he doesn't he won't open up to her about things that are going on. And plus her. he's always worried that he's thinking or that she's thinking bad things yeah. about him. Right. But, she says that several right. times. Are you thinking bad about me, mama? Yeah. Bro, stop. That's exactly what she says, too. <laughs> yes. Bro. Come on. So, Cole says, oh, Tommy's here to get me, and, and leaves. Tommy 
meets him outside. They look up at the window. Cole's mom's looking out. Tommy puts his arm around Cole. And then as, as soon as the mom waves him off and they walk around the corner, Tommy calls Cole a freak. Yes. Not a big fan of this kid. No. He's a con artist. Yeah, he's. I, I recognize him too. He's in um, Jurassic Patriot. Park 3. Oh, yeah, that's, he is in the that's what I saw him off yeah. of. And he is in Jurassic Park 3. I didn't like him in that either. No. <laughs> he's the one that tells the, uh, he said, Lord knows what they'll do to the women and children. <laughs> that's <Right>. him. <laughs> Aim right. small, miss small. That's right. Oh, Gosh, man. Um, but he calls, he calls Cole a freak. We then come back, and I'm going to explain these things as best I can without giving anything away. We come back to um, after school, apparently, and Cole walks into the front door. We get a lot of these, like, framed shots that we hold on for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So we've got a shot looking from the opposite wall of the apartment facing the door. Cole walks in, and his mother and Dr. Malcolm are sitting right across from one another in the living room. Not speaking, but uh, just sitting across from each other. Look like they're thinking. Deep you get thought. the idea that they were... Talking, you know, talking right. to each other. Right. So, Lynn gets, gets up and walks over to Cole, greets him. Dr. Malcolm observes her very nurturing mother skills. She asks him what he how his day went, and then she tells him a story about how she won the lottery, and she... I didn't really like that. The lying to ourselves yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. Lying to make your, your life sound better. Let's right. pretend why our lives just, are better than they why are. Why don't you just yeah. take what you got... And then look at the positives that happen. It's silver lining. Hey, I made it back without getting run over by a bus today. I'm not like... I won the lottery. Uh, First, I found a really nice family to take care of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And they got me. And then I'm going to drain And then I'm going to drain myself. Right. These brand new hug coats for you. (laughs) (laughs) How is that not more depressing when you're saying that out loud to one another like... Oh, and then I got a Porsche Carrera 911. It was awesome, and I drove it on the free. Like, that never happened. It doesn't that make you feel even worse? Like, oh, it's not. Going I have to. that sometimes. I think about if I won the lottery, what I would do. Oh yeah, everybody and does. Then if I, the times I've gotten like deep into that thought, I snap out of it, and it's kind of depressing. Right. Yep. Get rid of this weird kid. I had a dream that I had all the money that I had on GTA in real life. Like, and I like woke up and I was like, oh, that was a dream. So sorry that happened. I know I would have been filthy rich, but uh, regardless, I mean she's 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 trying. Yes, yep. she definitely is very nurturing and very clear that she cares about Cole. She walks into the kitchen, and Doctor Malcolm Cole's looking very reluctantly at Doctor Malcolm, and so Bruce Willis says, uh, "Let's play a game," because uh, Cole doesn't. Doctor Malcolm's uh, trying to talk to him, and Cole's not saying anything, and so. Dr. Malcolm says, well, how about we play a game? You don't have to talk. I will I will make a guess about you. And if I'm right, you take a, a step towards the empty chair next to me. If I'm wrong, you can take a step back. If you get back to the hallway, you can leave. If you get to the chair, you have to sit down and we'll talk. So Cole kind of nods his head that he's willing to play that game. So Dr. Malcolm asks him a few questions. Um, he says, you have a secret you don't want to tell me. So Cole takes a step forward towards the empty chair. He asks him a couple more questions that are correct. I think something about his mom leaving or his dad. Sorry, his dad leaving him and his mom. And then he gets a couple of questions wrong, so he steps away. He talks about, uh, you're a good student. You you get along well at school. You don't get in trouble. And Cole takes a step backwards. And he says, "I, the teacher told us to draw a picture, something, anything that we wanted. 
and he said uh, some students drew pictures of rainbows and butterflies and I drew a picture of a man hurting another ma a man in the neck with a screwdriver. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He said they uh, had a meeting at school. Yeah. Mom started crying. As you would. Right. He said, I don't draw pictures like that anymore. Well, what do you draw now? And he says, uh, rainbow. Does he say rainbows and butterflies? He said, yeah, just nice things. Or they don't. Something. Yeah, nice things. They don't have. They don't have meetings about pictures of rainbows and butterflies. Oh, right. Yeah. Theatric images of the Civil War, the right. Black Hawk Wars. He's finally. So he's now taken enough steps back. He says, "What am I thinking now?" And Doctor Malcolm says, "I don't know." And so Cole takes another step back and says, "I was thinking, you're nice, but you can't help me." And he turns and he walks away. You don't even know See, me. That's the stuff in this movie that's going right. on. So if you could, if you could go into this movie, which is what we're really trying to do here, without knowing what is going on, it makes the reveal and the impact of that much more effective. Oh, I oh. So at this point in the movie, younger, if you don't know, you're going, "What? It, wow!" Oh, yeah, is, I was like, I was <laughs> mad the first time I yeah. saw it. So I'm like, I don't think you want to be helped. Right. What is going on with this kid? If you don't want to be a freak, you need help. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we get uh, Bruce Willis going into a restaurant. His wife is sitting at the one of the tables in there. Um, he's late, and he tells her, tries to make a joke. Oh, I thought you meant the other restaurant where I asked you to marry me. She does not respond. She completely ignores him. So he sits down. He's like, "Look, I'm really sorry. I know I've been busy. I can't keep track of time anymore." Yeah, I can't. I, I can't. I can't. I'm having a hard time keeping track of time. Exactly. I know I've been distant. I'm, I'm trying to work on it. She does not respond to anything that he's saying, which is a classic sign of, I'm pissed at you. Yeah, I've been there with the, with a spouse, and it's like, I would rather get yelled at than yeah. the, the silent treatment. Yeah. Right. So, the waiter comes by and lays the check down. So, you're going, wow, he really is late. Yeah. <laughs> She's already eaten. Yeah. He brought the check. Um, Malcolm goes to grab it, and she before he Yoinks can even it. touch it, she pulls it away. She signs a check. He says, look, I'm sorry. I told you I'm sorry. She stands up and whispers, happy anniversary, and walks out. It's like, ooh. Ouch. Yikes. So, yeah, that was the anniversary you dinner. keep that anniversary. <laughs> I don't even want it now. <laughs> Didn't want to have dinner with you anyway. Oh, right. That's why I'm late, obviously. <laughs> Remember all those kids I was helping? The mayor, the keys to the city? That's me. <laughs> um, so we get several parts uh, here. Well, Dr. Malcolm's talking to Cole. They're wa I guess he's walking to school. They're walking around outside. This is the first time Cole says something to Malcolm about, don't look at me like that. I don't like when people look at me like that. Tells him about Tommy, who he walks to school with, and how Tommy hates him because he's, what does he say? Well, why does he hate you? And he says, because I'm a freak. Yes. Or something like that. And then uh, Dr. Malcolm also asks him at this point, have you talked to your mom about this stuff? And he says, no, I don't, I don't tell my mom things. This, kid is true. A, this kid's a freak. <laughs> if you don't know what's going on, it, he'd probably fall into that. <laughs> I'm so mean. <laughs> so during this, we kind of get intercut scenes with um, Cole's mom cleaning the apartment. She's vacuuming the floors. She's walking past pictures that are hanging on the wall. Oh, yeah. Pictures of Cole growing up. And she's standing next to the wall, and she it looks is, is looking at them, and something catches her eye. And she notices on one of the pictures, just off to the side of Cole, and he looks like he's about two or three years old, mm -hmm. there's just a little, like a little glimmer. Like a right. glare almost. Yeah, almost, almost like, like a glare. Right. Almost, Which almost looks like if you had like a piece of glitter next to you and a flash went off. Right. Yeah. Right. Which you wouldn't really think too much about. Uh, but then she looks at another picture, which he looks four or five years old probably, and there's the 
identical, I don't know what you call it, a phenomenon. It's a little yeah. glint of light, like a glare Artifact. on that picture. She's looking, there's seven or eight pictures hanging on the wall. She's looking at them, and every single one of them has this little... Fragment? Yeah. Artifact. Yeah, yeah light fragment on the picture. So I don't, she apparently has not noticed this before now, but that's a little off-putting. Yeah. Been there his whole life. Yeah, right. And, I mean, as you're taking pictures and getting them developed over time, you think you'd, like, come across this. Or... Two pictures is a coincidence. All the pictures is yeah. something weird. Right, right. And then I was like thinking maybe he was going and going to those pictures and like scratching them or you know messing them up or something. So Doctor Malcolm and Cole are talking uh, back in Cole's apartment. Uh, this is in the evening. Malcolm asks him if he's ever heard of uh... Zoloff. No. Zoloff. <laughs> Zoloff. I had that written down. I, yeah. I, my bad. He says, "Have you ever uh, have you ever heard of free association writing?" And Cole says, "No." And he said, "It's where you take a pencil." You put it down to paper, and you just start moving your hand. This is cross-cut with his mom kind of sprucing up his bedroom. Right. Um, he says, you don't think about what you're writing. You just start writing, and anything that comes out is, is what's on your mind and things you're thinking about. So he asks Cole if he's ever done this before, and Cole says, yeah, I think so. And it shows his mom looking through his bedroom, and she finds under some papers, she finds some papers that Cole has written on apparently like this. And it is not nice. We, we can no. call it angry writing. Yeah. It's just like where you scribble up yeah. and down a couple times for each But it's movement. things like, I'll, I'll, I'll kill her. Yeah. I mean, even like profanity and stuff. Right. right. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn this mother yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she's shocked when she sees that. So this is the kind of stuff that obviously is leading her or has led her because she's yeah. already in that state when we meet these characters. That the kid's got issues that she's trying to help him with, but right. she doesn't know how to help him. And when she, anytime she asks him, he just he he never he he will never tell her what's going on or why these things are happening. Um, so he asked Cole if he's ever done this before, and Cole says yes. And he said, "What did you write?" And he said, "Upset words." And that's when his mom finds this. Yep. Never shows her confront him. Never shows right. if this was actually happening presently while right. they're talking, or if it was, or if this was like in the past, in the past right? right? But it never shows the result of like her confronting him about that or asking yeah. him about that or anything. Dr. Malcolm, I think at this point is feeling like he's just not really getting anywhere with Cole. And so he's kind of takes his next tactic and he says, Cole, I want you to think about what you want to get out of our time together. What do you want all of this to be for? What do you hope happens from us meeting? And Cole says, you mean like something I want? And he says, yeah. And Cole says, instead of something I want, can it be something I don't want? Dr. Malcolm says, oh, sure. And so Cole, Cole says, I don't want to be afraid anymore. Wow, that's, that's pretty heavy. So, uh, yeah, so Dr. Malcolm is, uh, I, we haven't really talked about this, but throughout it, he, he's, he's outside of his meetings with Cole. He's, he's kind of, you see him writing stuff um, on a, like a patient chart, trying to like rule out different things that could possibly be going on. Um, and during this time, too, we constantly see him sort of, well, like he said, very distant from Anna, from his wife. They never seem to be together. She's always, like, in a different part of the house. Um, he's working, at, uh, uh, I think right after this, he's working from home down in the basement, and a man comes to the door. Someone she works with? Yeah, it's someone that Anna works with. So she answers the door. He's in the basement, but he can hear their conversation. Um, and the guy's basically asking her if he wants to go out to 
dinner? Yeah, I don't know. He's asking her out somewhere, and she says no. And he asks her a couple times and said, I just, you know, thought you might want to talk. And she says, well, I really appreciate that, but no. And she never says, I'm married. Right. So that's... And so it's like... Yikes. Yeah, things are getting... Things are not going well. Right. right. Yeah. Who is this guy? That's pretty much... Right, exactly. Bruce Willis is, yeah, looking at the guy through the window, not happily. So we get... Call him a cheese stick. I don't think that's what he called it. Oh, I thought he called him a cheese stick. But it rhymes with cheese stick. Yeah. Um, We get Cole at school. Um, They're in Philadelphia. So the teacher says, can uh, can anyone guess what this school was used for 100 years ago? Um, So Cole's sitting in... Right. Cole's sitting in class... Like a weirdo. Right. Blowing his pencil across the desk. And uh, the teacher asks this question. Cole raises his hand, and apparently this doesn't happen very often because right. the teacher's very surprised. Kind of to take him back. Right. And so he's, he's like, oh, yeah, uh, Cole. Cole, can, can you tell us what the building used to be used for? And Cole says, they used to hang people here. Wow. And uh, <laughs> the teacher's like, um, no, this used to be a courthouse. Yes, huh? I Googled it. Some of our (laughs) earliest laws of our country were written and signed right here in this building before it became a school. And he says this is where, you know, laws were made. And Cole said, right, this is this is where they hung people. And and the teacher's like, I Cole, I don't know which one of these kids told you that, but that that's not true. Yeah. And he says Cole's not wrong. Right, yeah, as we come to find out. So the teacher's trying to figure out where this is coming from for Cole, and he finally tells him. Uh, Cole finally gets upset because all the students are now turning around and staring at Cole, and he tells the teacher, stop looking at me like that. I don't like when people look at me like that. And he says, well, I don't I don't know how else to look at you, Cole. This is, as a teacher, right? this is just, terrible de-escalating yeah. technique. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> even if you don't understand or don't think the kid, a, a student should behave the way that they do, there, there are different ways to de-escalate a situation to keep it from getting worse, and this teacher is not very good at it. Yeah. There he goes. He's doing it again. Yeah, he he's says, looking. well, I don't know how to stare at you, Cole. This is the only way I, I, I know how to look at you. And he's yelling at him to stop. And finally, Cole says, "Just you just apologize and you talk to him after the class. Right. But right. So then Cole tells the teacher, uh, I know you're a stutterer. I know you used to stutter through high school. Kids used to make fun of you. You're a stuttering Stanley. You're a, yeah. No, he calls yeah. him a stuttering Stanley. That's what he says. Yeah. Goes, so on this teacher's defense, Cole was kind of being disrespectful. Oh, sure. <laughs> Uh, so the teacher's like, where did you hear that? Who, who, who told That's you what that? I want to know. And so he, of course, he's gotten flustered at this point. So he I does, want names. So, yeah. <laughs> so he does start to stutter. And Cole starts yelling, stuttering Stanley over and over again. He's covering his eyes. So Cole's having a breakdown, basically, at this point. And the teacher mm-hmm. finally slams his fist down on the desk and calls Cole a freak. <laughs> Tells him to shut, shut up, freak. Yeah. Yeah. With a stutter. How fast would he have lost his Shut job. up, you f- freak. Yikes. You couldn't do that today. Oh, no. Uh, you couldn't yeah, do yeah, that today. You couldn't do that yeah. now. What about, all right, what about, go, go back to... Well, however, this is a private the 70s. Could you do that in the 70s? <laughs> what would have happened in the 70s? I don't know. I wasn't around. I'm going to Google it. You do that. Yep. Let us know. So Dr. Malcolm meets with uh, Cole at school. He sits down in a room where Cole's sitting by himself. Um, Cole says he doesn't want to talk about anything. So Dr. Malcolm says, well, how about I show you a magic trick? This was pretty good. Pretty dumb, yeah. He pretends he has a penny in a different hand, and it's switching hands, but it's in the same hand the time. Mm -hmm. Swing and a miss there, Dr. Malcolm. And then then Cole says, I didn't know you were funny. (laughs) 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 I didn't know you were funny. (laughs) He says it's, uh, you know, something about, that's not magic, that's just a trick. 
I don't believe that you know magic, right? So Dr. Malcolm goes home. Uh, his wedding video, the the recording of their wedding is playing. Anna's upstairs taking a shower. Malcolm looks through the doorway, sees her in the shower. Um, he then sees behind the mirror in the medicine cabinet, there is a prescription for Anna for Zoloft. Yes. Zoloft. That's uh, sleeping help. Sleep aid? Antidepressants. Yes. Antidepressants. For someone no. that's dealing with depression. You should really drink on them. No. So that would be all. That would be um, not a good sign if you walk home and find out your wife's got a prescription for Zoloft and you didn't know about it. That she's not sharing. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, like this job isn't depressing. <laughs> right. Um, so it, we're we're getting ready. I know we've been a little bit. This has been kind of a, a little bit of a slow build, but we're getting ready to take off here. So we get to Cole at a birthday party that he's been invited to, um, which I thought, oh, well, I guess he does have friends. But then whoever's birthday party it is tells a friend later that, oh yeah, I invited him. My mom made me. So Cole's walking around, sees a balloon, a red balloon, go up the stairs. That well, this is a wild looking staircase. I've yeah, never seen is. a house with these kind of stairs in it before. That's yeah, it's a, it's a spiral like, staircase, like, I guess, but it's. It looks like the one like off of The Haunting or something. Yes. Yeah. This thing goes up like three stories. Yeah. Um, anyway, at the, but then at the top of the stairs, is this all that's at the top of the stairs? At the top of the stairs, there's this small door, which it looks like a dumbwaiter, yeah. but I don't, I don't think it is. No. So yeah. I don't understand. I don't I understand think, I the architecture of this house. There's a door that's about a third the size of a normal door at the top of these stairs. It's just barely open, ajar. You can't see anything that's inside there. But Cole follows the balloon up the stairs. He sees this door, and we, even as the audience now, are hearing a voice that Cole is obviously hearing too. And it's a whispered voice, kind of quiet, and then it gets louder. And you hear a man saying something about, please let me out of yeah. here, please let me out. And it's coming from yeah. where this door is at, which is odd because the door's already slightly open. It's mm -hmm. not closed. And the voice is saying, I swear I didn't steal the master's horse. Please let me out. Please yeah, don't let them. Up. Yeah. He says, P let me out of, let, I know you can hear me. I know you're out there. Let me out of here or I'll open this door and grab you. Or I'll break down this door and grab you. That's a little yeah. spooky. Yeah, it is. So Cole turns around and two of the other boys, uh, two of his classmates are standing there and saying, what are you doing, Cole? And Cole says, oh, uh, nothing, nothing. And they say, is there something inside there that you want to see, Cole? And he says, um, no. So they play a trick on him. Long story short, they play a trick on him, and they both grab him and throw him inside of that little door. I don't even know what's in there. Is it a closet? Is it, maybe it's a dumbwaiter. Right? I think I think that's the only I thing I can really what, think I don't about. know what it would be a dumbwaiter for, though. There's nothing else up there. Right. It's like the top of the stairs leads to this little door. I swear yeah. there was like a, another little hallway. I think that was just happened to be at the top. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So they throw Cole inside this door. He's freaking out. They shut the door, so he's now stuck inside. Um, the next thing we see is Cole's mom, who's helping chaperone the party. She hears him crying upstairs. Right, she hears screaming. Cole is terrified, blood-curdling screams. Yeah. So she runs up the stairs. She realizes he's inside this door. She's trying to get it open. It won't open. It won't open. And Cole's just screaming and screaming and screaming. And, it's like, is there a key to this door? Right, everybody, no one's helping her. Everybody's just sitting there and staring. So finally, uh, Cole stops screaming. She hears a clunk, and the door opens. Uh, he's unconscious. Yeah, unlocks, and she opens it, and Cole falls backwards out of the door, unconscious into her arms. Still don't understand how the door just open. Pretty intense. Right. Um, we then go to the hospital that night. Cole is obviously taken to the hospital after that. The doctor 
cameo by M. Night Shyamalan. Yep. Yes. A lot of his family members are actually doctors. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, they're oh, in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say well? No, just in his imagination. <laughs> so uh, the doctor says uh, we do not. We, he did not have a seizure. Uh, we're going to run some tests, and then he can go home. Doctor Malcolm is sitting next to Lynn Cole's mother at the hospital. The doctor's talking to Lynn and says, "I did notice some cuts and bruises on him, and they have me a little bit concerned." Implying that right because right. he's implying that. Maybe he's being abused. Dr. Malcolm kind of rolls his eyes. Her lines to the doctor was, he got it doing sports. This kid's not an athlete. That's a lie. Don't, don't. I'm a doctor. I went to school for eight years. Don't lie to me. (laughs) This kid has never picked up a ball in his life. No, he is not an athlete. He's a reader and avidly fat. He speaks Latin. (laughs) Lynn gets really upset with the doctor saying something is going on with him and nobody can tell me what's happening, right? So Bruce Willis, or uh, Dr. Malcolm, gets up, walks to, um, he goes and visits Cole. He's in the hospital bed and he's got the blankets pulled up around him. And um, th- See, this Haley Joel Osment does an incredible job in this movie of really getting you to feel sorry for him. Right. Pretty much throughout this movie, even when he's borderline annoying early on because he's right. just got these tendencies that are... But there is something in this kid's... He looks lost. Right. Emotion. Right. He really went, got into this character because mm-hmm. you, uh, you are there with him. Like, right. You can tell he is scared the entire time he's on screen. And you start to get that way too. And then this is this is kind of the hinge point of the whole movie. And we'll get more into this as we go. But he's in his, he's in his bed. Uh, Dr. Malcolm tells Cole a story because Cole wants him to tell a story. It's a terrible story. <laughs> Cole says... Yeah. You're not used to telling bedtime stories, are you? And Dr. Malcolm laughs and says no. That's a lot of driving. Right. Uh, Cole says, tell me, ask Dr. Malcolm uh, to tell him, he says, tell me a story about why you're sad. Um, So Dr. Malcolm gives Cole a little bit of background on what's happened in the last year about how he's been a little more distant from his wife. He's trying to help. Um, There there was a, a patient that he had a long time ago that he was not able, he found out he was not able to help. And he's trying, he met a new patient that he's trying to help reminds him a lot that of reminds him a lot of the of the other boy and cole finally says i'm ready to tell you my secret now as an audience you're on the edge of your seat sure uh-huh. at this point you're like Whoa. finally gonna figure out what's going on with this kid and this line delivery will go down in film history as one of the the best from this 10 11 year old kid mm-hmm. that delivered this line and this is the classic line that unfortunately everybody already knows when they go into this movie but this is the, I see dead people. Yep. So Cole tells him, I, I can see dead people. And Dr. Malcolm says, um, in, in your dreams? dreams? And Cole shakes his head no. And he says, why, you're awake? And Cole nods his head yes. Cole says, they don't see each other. They only see what they want to see. And they don't know that they're dead. Wow. And Dr. Malcolm says, how often do you see them? And Cole says, all the time. They're everywhere. Gosh. Yeah. So. Poor kid. So that's that's his extra sense. So then we get Dr. Malcolm. He's left the hospital at this point, And he's uh, rec- uh, talking into a recorder. He says, Cole's pathology is more serious than I initially thought. Paranoia, possible schizophrenia, medication, hospitalization may be required. And then he turns off the recorder and says, and I'm not helping him. So this is Dr. Malcolm realizing at this point. 
this is, you know, I'm not able to get through to him. And that's what's, that's what's kind of driving him throughout this movie is to help this boy. And he doesn't feel like he's helping him at this point. So Cole and his mother, Cole's sleeping. She's carrying him inside the apartment. She lays him down in bed. And as she's um, taking off his shoes and his, his clothes so he can go to sleep, go or uh, sleep in his bed, she notices there's holes in his sweater. And when she pulls up the sweater, there's like scratches on Cole's back. And this um, is a thick sweater too. Right. Yeah. So she calls, uh, she makes a phone call, and it's obviously to the mother of uh, one of the parents at this party, um, and basically accuses her of her friends beating up on her son. That's why that scene with Cole and the door at the birthday party, because we actually heard the voice, right? So up to that point, there's no reason for us to believe that he's not just hallucinating or imagining things, but we, the audience, have been brought into just a taste of his... Of what's going on in his head. Right, or and what's happening. Life. So guys, this is this is where the rubber meets the road in this movie. So that's why that scene in the hospital bed was kind of the hinge point of this movie. So Cole wakes up in the in the wee hours of the morning. Um, he gets up and he's doing the pee pee dance. But he great, looks outside of his pee-pee. door. He looks down the hallway and he's kind of standing there and he stands there for a minute like he's he's deliberating whether or not to go to the bathroom. Whether it's worth it, you know. Right. right. So he runs to the bathroom. He's um, standing in front of the toilet. We then get a close-up of the thermostat, and it shows the temperature slowly dropping. We, we, we then have the shot behind Cole as he's standing in front of the toilet. So we're seeing the back of Cole through the bathroom doorway, and suddenly a figure walks past the camera, past the doorway of the bathroom like it's walking down the hallway. And we get the big music drop right there, right. which jump scare. Right. <laughs> that was a very gone. effective jump scare. Yeah. So Cole kind of looks over his shoulder, and you can see his breath at this point. So Cole knows. Something's this, up. Yeah. So this is obviously what he's dealing with on a daily basis. He walks uh, down the hallway to the kitchen. There's a woman in a robe facing away from Cole. Calls out Mama, hoping it's his mother. It is not his mother. It's a woman that turns around, and she's talking to Cole like he's her husband because she's angry, and she says, No, dinner is not ready yet. Do I look old enough to be your husband? I don't husband? remember what else she says. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm and then, uh, um, I know she and then she that. turns around and she has cuts on her wrists. Yeah, old deep cuts. Yeah. yeah. Dinner isn't ready yet. Look what yeah. you made me do. Look what you made me do. Right. So, uh, understandably, an, a nine-year-old boy freaks out. He runs back. He has a little tent. We didn't say that. He has a t- tent he's built out of blankets. He runs inside his tent and as he's closing the door, he sees her coming down the hallway toward him in the tent. Uh, um... I'd be calling or is that later? Uh, I don't think you do here, but yeah. that's where he keeps a lot of these statues, yeah. like the Saint, the 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 Mother Mary statue that mm-hmm. he stole. Yeah. Um, his little soldiers he keeps in there. He's got lots of. It's almost like a prayer vigil. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like a little shrine. Man, you understand why the kid's got the issues he does, right? Because yeah. so yeah. this is why that's the hinge point. Because you up to that point, guys, we're like two thirds of the way through this movie before we see any of this stuff, mm-hmm. and so the kid finally drops the bomb to Dr. Malcolm that I see dead people. And from that point on, we go from seeing the movie from everyone else's perspective toward Cole, and the rest of the movie we actually see from Cole's perspective. So we're now seeing what he is seeing and why he acts the way that he does, and it is terrifying. So nothing happens. The the scene ends there, but obviously this kid is going to need some therapy. Yep. We then go to the school play. Um, Dr. Malcolm is in attendance. He's watching. Um, he's And then after the play, he's walking 
through the hallway at the school with Cole and um, tells him he'd like to hear more about what Cole told him at the hospital. He stops and looks. Cole's not standing next to him. He turns around and Cole's standing still back about 10 feet. So he turns around and walks and Cole's standing next to a stairwell going upstairs. And at the top of the stairs, uh, Dr. Malcolm says, what's wrong, Cole? You okay? And Cole's just, Cole's just standing there. And we then see again what Cole's seeing. And there are three bodies hanging Including um, at the top kid. of the stairs, right? It looks like a like a husband, wife, and a child dressed in like eighteen hundreds clothes, right? Not right. pleasant. Yeah, traumatizing. Yeah, right. So again, now we're understanding this kid is seeing this stuff everywhere he goes. Right. This is what he's having to deal with. Doctor Malcolm does not see it. This is one of the uh, other classic lines from this movie. Uh, Cole says, "You know those uh, prickly things." On your neck that you feel when you get scared. Little hair stands up. And the hair stands up on your arm. That's them. He says, when they get mad, it gets cold. Huh. Um, Cole's eating dinner with his mother back at at their apartment. She tells Cole, uh, my mother's bumblebee pendant was missing from my drawer again. Did you take it? Cole says, no. She says, look, before my mom died, she left me that, so it's really, really special to me. And I don't care if you take it. I just want you to ask before you do it. And I'm going to ask you again if you took it. And he keeps denying it. In her mind, it had to have been him. Right. She, he continues to deny it. She says, look, Cole, I, you know, I'm trying here. We're trying to make this work. But if we can't communicate with each other, if we can't be honest with each other. So this is partly about the pendant, partly about, obviously, everything else that's going on with him that he won't open up to her about. You know, we're, this is not going to work if we can't be honest and communicate with each other. Asking again, did you take the pendant? I won't be mad. And he says, no, I did not take it. So she gets mad and tells him to leave the table. Um, and this is the part, yeah, this is the part where Cole's walking down the hallway towards his bedroom. And uh, a boy walks out of his bedroom facing Cole and says, hey, come on, I'll show you where my dad keeps his gun. And he turns around and the entire back of his head is blown off. That got me. That, that was, that, that I made don't, me I, jump. I didn't understand how that kid did that to himself. <laughs> I doubt he did. I didn't Probably. see. I didn't see anything. In, I didn't see a hole in his head, in his forehead. I wonder if he, that happened to him. Someone else was playing with the gun, and yeah, that's all I could really think. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's probably what happened. Because yeah, he, that was that was gnarly though. Yeah. Um, so Cole goes back and asks his mom if he can sleep with her. She's crying at this point, and he says, "Are you mad?" And she says, "No, I'm not mad at you." So she gives him a hug, and says, why are you shaking? What's wrong? Why are you trembling? And as a parent, she has no, nothing else to really offer. Or... Right, so she's she's at her wit's end at this point. Not angry, but just she can't figure out what's going on with her son. She doesn't know what to do. Her. She doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, we then see uh, Dr. Malcolm's wife. So Anna's working at a jewelry, like a jewelry or an antique store. She gives um, the man that was at that showed up at their apartment a couple days ago, she gives him a gift I guess it's his birthday. Yeah. Something like that. So he's sitting next to her on a bench. They look like they're getting ready to kiss. And all of a sudden, a window breaks. And so they run to see what happened. And you see Dr. Malcolm walking down the sidewalk. Right. So then Dr. Malcolm meets with Cole again. Is it at the church? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's at the church. Says, I I can't be your doctor anymore, Cole. And he says, I haven't spent enough time with my family. Uh, Bad things happen when you don't spend time with your family. So obviously he's realizing what this is doing to his marriage, and so he's he's having to take basically take a take a step back. 
So Cole's very upset, and he says, "No, I know you can help me. Please don't leave me. Please don't give up on me. Don't don't fail me. You're the only one who can help me, and I know it. You believe my secret, right?" And he says, "I don't know how to answer that, Cole." And so Cole shows him the penny from the magic trick and says, "If you don't believe me, then how can you help me?" It's a good question. Yeah. So Doctor Malcolm's back in his basement. He's listening to old recordings of what we find out is Vincent. Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, okay, is that what that was? As a kid, right yes, now. and so he's listening. Yes, so he's listening to old recordings of his sessions with him, and there's a part old, where old recordings of Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, so he's he's talking with Vincent. Sounds like it's going okay. Someone comes in. We we don't see this. We just hear it on an audio recording. Someone mm-hmm. comes in and tells Doctor Malcolm he has a phone call. So he says, "I'll be right back, Vincent. You stay right here." He leaves, and then uh, Vincent is sitting by himself in this room for a couple minutes. Um, we then hear Dr. Malcolm come back in, start talking to Vincent again, and then saying, Vincent, what's wrong? What's wrong, Vincent? Why are you crying? And Vincent's well, it's cold. Yeah, it's cold in here. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it's really cold in here. And then he says, what's wrong, Vincent? Why are you crying? And so Dr. Malcolm rewinds it and listens to it again, and he can hear Vincent's breathing increase after he leaves the room. And he turns it up more, and he starts to hear something. So he turns the volume all the way up, and we hear... A voice, a second voice on the recording. And so this is the the big moment where Dr. Malcolm realizes this is really happening. It sounded like he, he was talking another language. Spanish. Yes, Spanish. he says, he says, Vincent, what's wrong? And Vincent says, you won't believe me. So he actually hears the voice now. So he realizes that mm-hmm. Cole, something mm-hmm. is actually happening. Yeah. Or it was happening with Vincent. So obviously this is the same thing that's happening with Cole. He goes back and meets Cole at the church. Cole says, something happened, didn't it? Are you wigging out? (laughs) So Dr. Malcolm says, do you know what? And he repeats the the phrase in Spanish that he was able to decipher off of the... And what does it say? Please, I don't want to die, Lord. Save me, save me. Right. So that's what he's hearing. That's what the the voice that he heard on Vincent's recording, that's what the voice was saying. Oh, wow. And so that's telling Dr. Malcolm that, A, this is actually happening. And then he says... Cole, when you see these ghosts, do you do you what do you think these ghosts want? He because he, he tells him, I think they want help. He said, I think that's why they're coming to you because they the whole point of this is that they need some kind of help and you're supposed to help them. And if you help them, it'll they'll they'll go away. It's almost like they're like in limbo or something. Yeah. He says, yeah, right. And he says, I think they just want help, even the scary ones. Cole says, what if they don't want help? What if they're just angry and they just want to hurt somebody? And Dr. Malcolm says, I don't think that's the way it works. He says, I then think we they call just Ghostbusters. Want right. Then we <laughs> right. will call Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, yep. Harold Ramis. They've done this before. Yep. And just in case, we're going to keep a proton pack yep. in your tent. Don't cross the streams. That's right. Um, Dr. Malcolm gets home. He sees the man leaving his apartment. He tries to confront him as the man drives away, but he, he can't get to him in time. Cole wakes up in the middle of the night to his mom having a bad dream. He goes back to his tent, and uh, it starts getting cold again. So he jumps inside of his tent really quickly, and there's a girl inside of his tent puking. Good grief. Yeah, that was... I loved how they, I loved how they shot this with all yeah. the pins that he Yeah, had so he's got clothes like pins that hold the blanks together. They you're start gonna popping you're gonna off. You're going to see him up there, and then whoop, right yeah, there. Pulls he's down, and there's follow, a girl follow sitting. The seam. Mm-hmm. Yep, follow the seam of the clothes pins popping off, yep. and then... It, Goes down to her. Yeah, and there's a girl puking in his tent. So he runs out. The tent falls down around the girl. He goes and hides. And this is, um, he summons the courage to go back mm-hmm. and take the blanket off the girl. 
Um, Is she still vomiting, isn't she? I don't know. I think she's done at this point because she says, I'm feeling much better now. And Cole says, is there something you need to tell me? And that's where the scene ends. So then we get Cole and Dr. Malcolm riding the bus. And we find out here they're, they're, the girl does want help. And so this is where they're going. Cole tells Dr. Malcolm, she came a long way just to visit me, didn't she? Um, they're going to uh, like a wake, I guess, mm-hmm. a funeral for, for this girl. She obviously mm-hmm. has just died. Um, there's a girl sitting on the swing outside. And Cole says, that's her sister. That's her little sister. We hear people talking as they walk around inside the house. That one of them says something about, I, I just heard that the little one is falling ill now, too. Oh, I so didn't obviously catch this that. girl died from getting sick, and now her little sister is sick. Dr. Malcolm and Cole go upstairs. Um, they're standing outside of a bedroom, a closed door, and Cole says, don't go home, okay? <laughs> Dr. Malcolm says, I won't. So Cole goes inside. He enters the bedroom. Oh, this is a nightmare fuel bedroom there's yep. puppets everywhere yeah. right that's not uh-huh. i don't i don't do puppets no yeah one's creepy enough she has like oh there's 30 dozens and dozens room. of them <laughs> and there's videotapes yeah that could be a totally different interpretation of what's going on in this yep. bedroom oh yeah <laughs> this was uh this is where the the ring tape was made so he yeah so he's <laughs> i can see that he's standing next to her bed a hand shoots out from under the bed and grabs his leg it's like you know what you're already dead like do you have to jump scare yeah. is that necessary uh, so cole you. freaks out falls to the ground and it's the girl under her bed and she slides a box out toward cole maybe that was her trying to get his attention hey under here this is where i can slide it. the box out just slide right. the box out yeah just slide the box out so i'm gonna end up kicking her in the face <laughs> so Dude. cole walks downstairs with the box and hands it to the girl's dad um he opens the box there's a videotape inside so he puts it Right in the during this wake still going on, he push it, he puts the videotape in the VCR, and it's the girl doing a puppet show. So she records herself doing these little puppet shows with these marionettes. She has the camera like back in the bookshelf. She hears someone coming, so she really quickly puts everything away. She runs over and jumps back in bed. The mother enters, so she pretends like she's asleep. Now the camera's still rolling though, because she quickly put the puppets away but didn't turn off the camera. The mother comes in. And she sets down um, a tray on the table, which happens to be in front of the camera, but she doesn't realize it's in front of the camera. So we're staring at the girl in bed, the mother putting the tray down, and there's a bowl of soup on the tray. Facing away from the bed, facing the camera, she opens up a bottle. I don't even know what this was. Castor oil? Castor oil. What's that? Something you're not supposed to be drinking. So the mother dumps... A large amount. This in her soup and mixes it in. Yeah. Like um, motor oil? She then takes it o- she then takes it over to the girl and wakes her up and tells her she says, I'm feeling I'm feeling much better. Do you think I could go outside this afternoon? She said, Well, we'll see. You always uh remember how you always get sick in the afternoon after you eat lunch. Hmm. So it's like, Oh wow. Munchausen's by proxy is this what this is yeah. called. Right. So this is an actual disease that people had where have that they so Munchausen's would be you make yourself sick to get people to give you attention. Give you attention, yeah. right? And then Munchausen's by proxy would be you you make someone Sorry. around you, someone in your family, like your child or your spouse, sick because of the attention that it brings you. Mm-hmm. Their their sickness brings you attention, like no. from, other from, from other people, like okay. oh, we're so sorry. So she was keeping her daughter sick. To get to get attention from people to the point where her daughter died. Do you think 
That's the called daughter. murder. Yeah, that is. <laughs> do you think the daughter knew she was doing that, or do you think it was just a coincidence that she was filming? That she was filming it. No, she had that. Memory. No, I think it was a coincidence. I think this yeah. is how she found out that her yeah. mother had poisoned her. I think so too. Otherwise, she would have been able to say something when yeah. she was not dead yet. Yeah. Hey, uh, mom's pouring poison in my soup. <laughs> so wait, did her ghost self watch the tape? Right. <laughs> yeah. We. <laughs> I don't know. I guess. Wait a minute. <laughs> that's not soup. So obviously, that's what this girl needed help with to get this information out. Right, and she did. So Cole helped her. Um, he comes outside and he gives the one of her little dolls to her sister. Because as the people said, oh, I've heard that her, her sister's now starting to become ill. So obviously the mother was about to do the same thing to the little sister. Gosh. That's I, then up. what do you do when you run out of kids to kill? You have more kids. Yeah. And then kill them? Sure. Sure. Um, Who are these? So we then see Cole getting ready for a play down in the, in the school. Um, there's a lady that's helping him. He looks uh, immediately, this scene, starting with this scene, he looks 100% different like like happy or yeah vibrant. his his entire mood looks different so this woman is helping him uh get changed his teacher comes in to get cole he says uh who are you talking to which he didn't see the woman that was sitting next to him and cole says oh nobody and the lady walks around the corner and the entire other half that you haven't seen of her body is badly burned mm -hmm. so this was another dead person who obviously cole is helping but he was happy yeah he was mm -hmm. talking to her she was nice they were just talking the teacher tells him, yeah, there was a terrible fire here. This whole part of the school had to be rebuilt. And Cole says, yeah, I know. <laughs> so Cole ends up having, uh, he gets the big role in this play. He ends up being the stable boy who pulls the sword out of the stone. King Arthur. Scalibur. No. So Dr. Malcolm is watching happily as Cole actually gets to be the hero of the story. So this kind of mirrors what's happening in the movie. Cole actually has learned to conquer his demons, if you will. Yeah. Now my my question is, did he get to keep that awesome sword, prop sword? You know he didn't. The school took that back immediately as soon as that play <laughs> this, was over. Yeah, this kid drew a picture of a man hurting another man in the knife. Not with a <laughs> right. Yeah, this has to be like a month or yeah. so later. No, he did because moment. afterwards, I think he did. Because then after, remember, he's talking to Dr. Malcolm, and oh, yeah, he has and the sword. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh. So Cole's finally happy. Um, Cole tells Dr. Malcolm. I guess I, I won't be seeing you anymore. Right. He says, uh, I, he said, I know you said you haven't been able to talk to your wife. I think I have a way. I figured out a way to help you. And he says, what? And he says, talk to her while she's sleeping. And she has to listen to you, and she won't even know it. He tells Dr. Malcolm, I don't think I'll be seeing you anymore. And Dr. Malcolm says he thinks they've said everything they need to say. So this is kind of their parting of ways. We then get Cole and his mom in a car. They're stuck in traffic. Um, there's a road flare in the road. Cole's talking to his mother, and he finally tells her, um, I'm ready to communicate with you now. He says, the reason we're stuck in traffic is because there was a car accident up ahead. And she goes, oh, my gosh, are you serious? Did you see something? Did someone get hurt? And he said, yes, someone died. She goes, how do you know? What are you seeing? He's like, how, can you see them? And he says, yes. And she's trying to look out her window, and she says, where, where are they? And he says, she's standing right outside my window. So his mom looks at Cole, and you see the woman standing outside the window with blood on her face. She yeah. says, that's not funny. Right. She also, wearing right. a helmet, which it's didn't not. seem to help. Right. Mm -hmm. She doesn't believe him, but then he tells her a story about her grandmother. He says, that's why the pendant's always missing. I get to see grandma sometimes. And she, she, still, she says, start. she told me sorry that she keeps taking the pendant. She just likes it. And the mother's trying to 
process what Cole's saying. Still doesn't believe him, and he says, you were in a dance recital when you were younger. You got in a fight with your mom before you went. You didn't think she went, but she did. She was standing in the back. She watched you dance that day. What she say? Something, something make, about at her at her grave. Do I make you proud? She said yes. You were there were yeah yeah. There was something day. after she died. There was something that you stood at her grave and asked her, and she said the answer is every day. Every day. Yeah. Do I make you proud? Right. So she realized, and that's what it was. The question was, do I make you proud? So emotional. We're crying. We're so sad. What a wonderful moment. Yeah. But this is ultimately this is how Lynn realizes that Cole this he really does have this ability, yeah. and this is. Obviously, a good moment for them because now they can start to communicate, communicate and process what's going on. Yeah, this was the scene that got Tony Collette her part when she auditioned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This oh, she. Oh, yep. oh, okay. Yeah, she's really good in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, Malcolm then goes home, and um, Anna is sleeping on the couch. She's watching their wedding video, and he takes Cole's advice and decides to talk to her while she's asleep. And she says, as he's talking to her, she kind of from her sleep says. Why did you leave me? Uh, I got shot. And all of a sudden, we're going, wait a second, what? Malcolm says, I, I didn't leave you. I'm right here. I'm right here. She rolls over and something falls out of her ha- hand and lands on the floor. And he looks and it's his wedding ring. Rolls out from under the chair. Rolls out from, right. Oh. So he looks at his hand. He does not have a wedding ring on. I thought it was the one ring for a second. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the big twist here, right? So what we find out, Dr. Malcolm is dead he's what? been dead the whole movie right what right so he, this goes it then plays back through cole's conversation with dr malcolm about seeing dead people they don't know what they're dead they only see what they want to see um so then we start getting flashes throughout the movie of dr malcolm since the beginning of the movie so what happened was back on the night where he got shot that killed him he died from that wound. But we don't know that because we immediately jump to, it says, the next wow. year. And he's sitting on the park bench, right? Well, he was a ghost at that point. They, they only see what they want to see. So then we're flashing through parts of the movie where it shows Dr. Malcolm, even parts where he was with someone else. He never really interacted. He with never interacted anyone. with anyone else. He never talked with anyone else. So his wife, this distance that seems to be there and these issues that they seem to be having in their marriage, well... He's not there. He's actually not there. So the parts, even when he's interacting with his wife, he never speaks with her. She never speaks with him, which leads us to believe that they're just right going through some very major marriage problems. So it's just a rough patch. But it wasn't. It's her and her seeming upset with him constantly and giving him the silent treatment. She's actually just grieving. She's yeah. grieving over the fact that he oh, died. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, that makes sense. So now that we've gotten to this part, I'll tell you what I think of every time I think of this movie. I think of sitting down to watch this movie with my sisters for the first time. They'd never seen it. Hmm. And John Tell walking into the room and saying, oh, this is the movie where he, he's dead the whole time. <laughs> yes. Are you kidding me, John Tell? A classic me. Guys, so this is, <laughs> and this is why this movie is so impactful. Sorry, and this is, this is kind of what we talked about at the beginning. So he, he comes back and he tells his wife, now that he, he realizes what's going on, he wants her to know that he loves her and that... He was able to help the boy, and back from the beginning of the movie, he wants her to know that she was never second, Aww. even to his work. So, oh, that's so cute. Oh, grandma. You say that, and that's the and that's the end of the movie. So he, yeah, roll credits. What does pop up and says an M Night Shyamalan joint? Yep. 
Yes. Oh, wait, film. Oh, wait, right. Yeah, that's Spike Lee. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Spike. I have a question. Someone mentioned something about the color red earlier. Did I miss... Yeah. yeah. So there's there's some yeah there's so there's some kind of Easter eggs and things that we can get into now that we know what's happened in the story. Peter's got more on this, but there's there the the color red plays a very prominent role in this film. There are several times yeah. where we see it's kind of hinting the color yeah. red, and that means yeah that's what in Night Shyamalan wanted to do is this that way and it's the whole crossover between like the spiritual world and all that stuff. Okay. And obviously red's a very so what I'm thinking of, it's um, primary. Yeah, it's it's you know it's just the first thing you always notice, like in a room, right. red's a very visible color. Red and yellow. Like even like even when a uh, sticks out. Yeah, like yeah, sticks out. That's what I'm trying to spit out. Anyway, like even when like uh, Cole tells uh, Malcolm, you know that he sees dead people. The sheet he's actually holding, it's not red, but it's it's like pinkish. Right. Hmm. And Pete and what? Well, when they first saw that, because they had like that close up of like. Of Bruce Willis right there. They actually thought that it was going to ruin that part for a moment. Because he's obviously dead. Right, but no one else... But, but, but like, during, like, uh, early viewings of it, nobody noticed it. Until, obviously, the very end. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. So there is a part, too, that I didn't mention because there's a little bit of confusion, I guess, on what this actually is. But there's a part, as the movie goes on, where Bruce Willis keeps walking up to a door. It has a bright red doorknob on it, mm-hmm. which is the color red coming into play. And he can't get it open. Regardless, we can't figure out exactly what this door goes to, if it goes to the basement or if it's just a closet. It's a, it's a basement. This isn't on here. So, yeah. So this door, he can't get it open. The, the door doesn't open for him. And two or three times, it shows in the movie, he goes to open this door, just jiggles the handle, and it won't come open. And then that's where it comes into play when he said, when he's realizing what's happening at the end, that he's actually dead. The camera pans out. Mm-hmm. Right. Cole says they only see what they want to see. So the camera, he shows the door again, and there is a large table piled high with books in front of this door. So obviously that's why he couldn't get it open. Right. But he couldn't see that because they only see what they want to see. Mm-hmm. Um the, even the part where um, he goes up and Anna's in the shower and he sees in the medicine cabinet that she's on Zoloft, they're mm-hmm. big bright red pills. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are all little hints of what's going on. And you don't know it at the time, but certainly on um, subsequent watches, you start to pick up even on Even uh, uh, Cole's school uniform, and I noticed this, I looked at it really closely, it's maroon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, then, so red. And then mm-hmm. Peter, Peter pointed out while we were watching it that the, the tape record he's listening to when he turned the oh, volume mm-hmm. up, when he turned the volume uh, up, it goes from white it goes to from red. White to yeah, red. as it yeah. gets up to max volume, right. where he can oh. hear, where he can actually hear the voice. Yeah. And Malcolm's wife uh, Anna, she's wearing a red dress during their anniversary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even that part too, where it looks like she's giving him the silent treatment at the restaurant, mm-hmm. and then whispers "Happy anniversary" as she leaves. It very much looks like she's mad at him. He didn't show up on time. And so she's ignoring him, and she's already eaten, and now she, he reaches for the check. She took it before he could get it, and it just looks like she's very much like passive-aggressively mm-hmm. angry with him. But you go back, if he wasn't there, she's, she is celebrating their anniversary. This would be, you know, this would have been their anniversary, uh, but he, was, he had died. She's at the restaurant alone. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know, actually... so she picks up. She says happy anniversary. She was talking to him, but she mm-hmm. wasn't angry. She's sad and grieving. Yeah. And she's still celebrating their anniversary, yeah. even though he's no longer there. I they said thought... if you actually listen to it when he's trying to reach for it, you can hear like this little whoosh sort of a sound. I thought she was trying to show how independent she was <laughs> by paying for the tag. Little like independent? Yeah. yeah that's... Like the balloon yes. going up the spiral <laughs> yes. staircase? Oh, that yeah. was a red balloon. Oh, right. The balloon was red right. Too. Yep. Yeah. The box that the dead girl gives Cole's red. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, lots of red. Yeah, this oh, movie, oh yeah, his tent is red. Oh, that's right. There's a red light. It's like a red light bulb that lights it. The tent oh. is, but then there's a red light mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. of it. I didn't even think of that. Um, Here's something else interesting. I'll tell you here in a minute. Colorblind. It says like uh, Cole's last name is Seer, as in he. He's mm-hmm. a Seer. He's oh stuff. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Mal- and then Malcolm's last name is Crow, or the bird Crow, which has to do often associated with death. death. Racism. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not Jim Crow. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, so I knew that about Crow, but I didn't. I didn't think about the Seer thing. I thought I, I thought that was kind of Seers and Crows all week on uh, Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla. There's a shameless. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this episode brought to you by. Right. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get get our gamer listeners. Yeah. And maybe some Ubisoft uh, endorsement money. So, this movie. I give the I I'll just I give this movie an A. This is this is one of my favorite horror movies because of it, it's suspenseful the whole time through. What I love about this movie is how it's made, and I and that's why I, I hate the fact that there was no way to go into this movie. Every trailer you ever saw for this movie from the time it started being advertised is you get the line "I see dead yep. people," right? <laughs> so you yep. know that that's what we're kind of leading toward, and it still makes it a very good movie. And even that certainly doesn't give away the twist at the end, which is where Bruce Willis has been dead the whole time. Mm-hmm. But man, if there was an opportunity to go into this movie completely blind, yep. no no knowledge whatsoever of what this movie is about, even that part where I love how the movie goes, like two thirds of the movie. Is just what is wrong with this kid, right. and then he finally tells Bruce Willis's character. He finally makes the reveal to him, and from that point, the movie hinges and shifts into Cole's perspective, and that's when we finally go from thinking he's this kind of weird kid to very justified why he acts the way that he does because he's he's going through all of this stuff, and he's going through it alone because he doesn't want to tell anybody. But man, that. To to go from this, you know, to go from one one perspective to the other, I think is what makes this movie so impactful. Because from that point on, once he makes a reveal, we then see the rest of the movie from Cole's perspective. We are seeing the dead people that he's seeing, and it man, it hits it hits like a like a truck once that starts happening. And unfortunately, the people that actually make the movie aren't the ones that choose what goes in the trailer. It's the production company, right? So right. they're trying to get people. They're trying to get butts in the seats, right? And I and I and I understand. I understand why you kind of need that to get grab people's attention right. to get them to go see it. So I'm I, sure I, I understand not that. Happy about that. Yeah, but I mean, but at the same time, even he would probably agree. Yeah, we've got to be able to get yeah some kind of right. hook for people to to. Yeah. Get them to go see the movie. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the second highest grossing movie that year. Mm-hmm. I think uh, behind, uh, behind, uh, behind Phantom Menace. And I know a lot oh, of people. Really? I know a lot of people <laughs> see Shyamalan's shtick of the the big twist. Almost all of his movies, the, the good ones anyway, have the have the reveal and then the twist, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of become kitschy at this point. I yeah. think people cliche. Yes, and. But man, I, I I I enjoy these movies. I, I hope he keeps making movies like this. Um, there's some more. Just not like The Last Airbender. He oh. made that movie. Yes, I did not know that. Yeah, I he didn't say they keep... were all winners. Wow. He needs to keep. He needs to keep writing and directing movies. Yeah. Not... He just needs. He just needs to make these simple ones like he yes. makes. Yes. He ruined that show then. I, I mean, the show, the, the he, TV show was good. Oh, yeah. People, oh, fans of the show were very disappointed. <laughs> I, I did not know that. Now, now knowing some... that, I'm giving this movie a B. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting an A. <laughs> yeah, 
that I, I'd still I'd sell at least a minus if not yeah. a. Yeah, I'm at an A minus. Yeah, I mean, guys, if you haven't seen this movie, you need to go see it. I know we yes. just spoiled the whole thing. I hope you see it before you listen to this episode. Yep. But even even if you've heard it, it's it's a it's well made, it's well shot, good cinematography. The jump scares are effective, mm-hmm. but they're not over. There's not it's not too much. There's yeah. not too too many of them. So next week uh, we're jumping into another M Night Shyamalan movie, Signs. Mm. That might be my favorite. Yep, M Night Shyamalan flick. It's a good one. Mel Gibson. It's a great one. I'm still trying to figure out why he directed The Last Airbender. Or <laughs> in that. But Signs is probably my, f- well, yeah, it's probably my favorite of the of his best four. See, and another thing I like about his movies is they're, they're suspenseful, but I don't qualify them as horror. And that means that they're kind of scary, but they're still in the area where my wife will watch them with me. So. <laughs> if Sarah will watch them, it's probably yeah. not a horror movie. Right. Yeah. Right. Good point. And then we're closing out the year with a bang. We are ringing in 2021 with The Shining. So stay tuned. The last couple... May be a two-parter. A lot to see. Yeah, a lot to break down with that monstrosity. We missed you guys. But join us next week. Uh, Leave us a comment. Make sure you subscribe. Like us us on Facebook. Twitter. We're on uh, Stitcher now. You can pretty much find us anywhere that you listen to your podcast. Stay tuned. Stay classy. Thanks for dropping by. See ya.